What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. My colleague won't stop commenting on everything I eat. My assistant rolls his eyes at people and meet it. Why does my coworker keep taking credit for all my ideas? Have any wisdom for me? Hi, I'm Allison Green. Welcome to the Ask a Manager podcast, where I answer questions from listeners about life at work. Everything from what to say if you're allergic to your coworker's perfume to what to do if you drank too much at the company party. Let's get started. Emotions and work are a weird thing. Part of being professional is keeping your emotions in check, but that doesn't mean that you magically stop having them. Today's guest is worried that she has a habit of emotional outbursts at work and wants to try to stop it. Hi, and welcome to the show. Hi. So you sent a letter to me that started with, my out-of-control emotions are getting me in trouble at work. And to summarize your letter, you've snapped at your boss a few times when you were stressed, and you're worried that if it happens again, you might be out of a job. Does that sound right? Yeah. I mean, I'm safe for now, but never know what happens if I do it again. So I want to say up front that I don't necessarily think we're going to solve the whole thing today. But what I'm hoping is that you'll end up with a bunch of things to think about and a better idea of of what the path to working on it might look like. So because details matter, let's talk about the times that it has happened. I know there was one where you called in sick, your boss asked you about something that you'd forgotten to send to a client the week before, and you snapped at her. What happened there? I was sick. So the the day before I forgot to send something to a client, which I genuinely forgot it wasn't on purpose. And the next day she asked me to come in for a meeting and I, and because I was having a high fever and wasn't thinking straight, I just said, I'll, I'll deal with it later. Can you not call me when I'm sick? And after I said that she got, she got really upset and she didn't talk to me for a few days actually. And I think you mentioned too, she later gave you a lecture about being rude. Yeah, she she sort of called me a rude, entitled millennial before letting it go. So I will say, I mean, it's not unreasonable when you're out sick that you wouldn't want to be asked to come in for a meeting. That's, I mean, you had a fever. That's, so I don't think your stance there 
was unreasonable, but it may have been something about the way that you said it. Does that sound right? Yeah, she did mention something about my tone of voice that rubbed her the wrong way. I mean, this is after the whole thing was done and dusted. She said that she didn't like how I came across. It wasn't so much that she didn't want to give me leave. It's it's more of she didn't like the way I said it. Yeah. So, I mean, you were sick and we are generally not at our best when we're sick. So if it were just that one, I would say, eh, you know, you were sick. You didn't get it quite right. This stuff happens. But it sounds like there have been other cases of it, too. I think you mentioned in your letter that there was a time when your boss assigned you to do some work that you didn't want to do. Yeah. So the work that was assigned to me involved talking or cold calling a bunch of strangers and being the extreme introvert that I am, I don't really like to do that because uh, usually when 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 my emotions aren't wacko, we get along fine. And I tell my boss a lot of things and she tells me a lot of things. We communicate openly. It's not an issue. So because of that, I, I did honestly tell her that, you know what, I'll do this, but I don't like doing this. I'll be honest with you. I don't like doing this. And it wasn't, that wasn't all I said, but because she kept pushing that I must do it anyway. That's the only thing I, I mean, that's what I need to do if I need to, if I want to move up the ladder in, in my field. And and then at one point, I just said something along the lines of, but I think I do good enough work already. So that whole entitled comment sort of came into focus again. And this time she didn't talk to me for a little longer, about a little over a week. We just made up like yesterday so we're now we're in talking terms again, but it was like one and a half weeks off the cold shoulder. So I will say, I mean, it doesn't sound like you are handling these things in an ideal way, but it doesn't sound like your boss is either. Um, I mean, calling you an entitled millennial and not talking to you for a week longer. I mean, that's pretty weird on your boss's side. Um, so I don't, I don't think this is like you have this ideal boss and you're just messing up. I think there's a weird dynamic <laughs> between the two of you, which she is contributing a significant amount to. Have there been, has it happened other than these two times or is it really just these two times? There were smaller incidents, but they weren't blew up to the point that I would get the cold treatment. So this is, this were the two times that were the most significant that I could recall as of now. And I know she's telling you there's a problem with your tone. Do you think there's a problem with your tone? Yes, I could have phrased it much better. I let my frustrations get to me and it doesn't help that because we are in busy seasons, I wasn't the only trigger, but I, I pushed her off the edge. So I, I, I see it that way because that's I, I actually went to consult a senior colleague for advice after the incident. And that's what she told me because this senior colleague has worked here longer than I have and she knows my boss much better. So she said that it's because of the season that we're in and our clients are being unreasonable. And because of that, it, it sort of adds on. And her words was, she doesn't need to deal with any more drama and the tone that you use maybe to her, it's, it's like introducing more drama in her life and she wants to distance herself from that. Yeah. I mean, I can definitely see with your second example where she was assigning you the phone calls. I think it's fine to push back once to say, you know, I would strongly rather not do this because of X, Y, Z. Is it an option for someone else to do it? That, that's okay to say. I mean, you can't say that about every single task that you're assigned, but you can say it occasionally. So I don't think you are in the wrong to ask once, but it sounds like 
you kept pushing after she told you, yeah, you have to do it. And I do think she's right to have a problem with that, that like, ultimately, this is your job. You can speak up and ask if there are alternatives. But if she tells you, no, it's really part of the position, at that point, you have to kind of do it. Um, I do not love her reaction that giving you the cold shoulder really isn't okay. But have you had... Do you feel like you've had problems with your tone with other bosses in the past or even with friends and family? I have. There have been people who told me that I come across as too raw and emotional. I don't I don't have a filter. So when I say things I I can unintentionally offend and they have to like be taken aback before they and before they process what I said and respond to me in a calm way and I have offended friends before I've actually lost friends because of this but that was many years ago when I was in high school so yeah the wrong tone really offended them and it yeah it it caused a friendship even though I did eventually apologize but yeah it caused a friendship okay that's really helpful to know and the reason I was asking that is because I was trying to figure out is there really a problem with your tone or is this more about your boss reacting in an odd way. But it sounds like maybe it's enough of a pattern that it's not just your boss. So that's helpful to know. Okay, so we'll move forward assuming that yes, there is a problem with your tone. So I think work relationships are different from other relationships in that while you wouldn't want to snap at friends or family and, and ideally wouldn't snap at friends or family, there's sometimes a bit more room in there in those relationships for reactions that stem from stress. I mean, you can have a bad day, snap a little, apologize for it. And assuming it's not the 100th time you've done it, people will usually understand. I mean, of course, if it's happening a lot, it will still be a problem. But there's a bit more room for emotion in non-work relationships. But at work, snapping even once is a big deal. And if it happens twice, it's a pattern that is going to worry your boss and other people you work with. And it's especially true at more junior levels of your career. I mean, no one should be snapping at work at any professional level, but especially when you're junior, there's even more of a feeling of, hey, this is pretty out of line and it's not something we should have to put up with. And I'm saying this not to rub it in your face, of course, but just to sort of ground our discussion in an understanding of why it matters. And I think one of the weird things about professionalism and there are a lot of weird things about professionalism if you break it down, is that a big part of it is about regulating your emotions. You're expected at work to maintain a pretty even emotional keel. And you can still have emotions, of course, but it's got to be in a way that doesn't disrupt others or make people uncomfortable or that doesn't introduce a lot of negativity into the situation. So it's stuff like not taking things personally, you know, understanding, for example, that getting critical feedback is part of the job and not a personal attack, or being pleasant and polite to people even if you don't like them, or not letting a bad mood impact how you interact with people. Or in your case, the the relevant pieces are probably knowing that you're being paid to do a job and there might be parts that you don't always love, but that you're being paid to do those things reasonably cheerfully. And that if you're frustrated, you can raise the issue, but you can't really allow it to affect your work or how you interact with people. Does that resonate with you and seem reasonable? Or are you thinking it doesn't really seem fair? Well, the other examples that you gave just now, the one about being nice, even though people are mean or 
because we we I mean I I do work in a somewhat client facing position, so that's relevant to me as well. But yeah, it's it's a little hard for me. I'm not too sure how I managed to not snap in front of a client yet. I just hope it doesn't get we don't get there because meeting more clients is part of my career trajectory we just had a review like maybe two months ago and that's what my boss said as well like well you can do the same thing you're doing now you're doing great but if you want to move up you got to meet more people you got to network you got to talk to people and when I signed up for this job it was more of a technical skills job I mean not really technical I'm, I mean I'm a writer but it was more of okay I'm just gonna do good writing it's it, I didn't think much about the networking part of it. Like I have to talk to people and make them feel comfortable and answer their demands, no matter how unreasonable. I mean, up to a certain point, of course, there are boundaries and stuff. But yeah, so I, I because I'm I'm sort of at the two year mark now, so I, it's now it's like the period where I transition between when I was more junior, my boss and the others in my department helped me a lot. Like they sourced people for me to talk to. They they provided with me resources, but then now they want me to do everything myself and I'm feeling overwhelmed because of that. And that was part of what factored into the whole snapping at my boss because I didn't want to cause changes incident. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's pause here for a quick break and then we'll come right back. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash iHeart. That's lifelock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. 
That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. I think if you are at a point in your career where moving forward on this professional path means that you are going to have to be doing more client work, that it's sort of a choice point for you. Like, are you, do you want to do that? There's no shame in saying no. I mean, some people very deliberately choose careers that don't involve a lot of client work because they don't want to deal with the kind of thing you're describing. But if you do decide that you want to do it, I think it's really helpful to build in some emotional distance. You know, to, uh, whenever you're working with clients, I think you have to find a way to not take it personally, which can be hard to do if you're not used to it. Yeah, I'm not. It's really a challenge, not just at work, because I was one of those kids who did really well in school, never had an issue with exams. I was the model child. Even in uni, I, I, I did I did well. And like accepting criticism was is not something that I naturally do well. This is my first job, but I've had internships and like part-time jobs before. So even in those jobs, when I was criticized, it wasn't easy to accept it because all this while I've been like the best at the top of the class. So when I get criticized, the first my first instinct is to then like constantly question myself, where did I go wrong now? What do I need to do to prove to you that, you know, I tried my best or, or that I'm right? I get defensive. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's something that I I am actively working on, but I, I, the reason, one of the reasons why I wrote to you is because I wanted to learn how to deal with this quickly because I can't afford to snap at my boss again. Yeah. So I, what you're describing is so, so common for people who did really well in school. So if you were always smart and school came easily to you and you always performed well in school, you probably didn't have to learn how to take very much criticism in a school context. And it's almost like a muscle that I, sometimes I think that people who didn't do as well in school have a big advantage in that they did learn to take criticism, criticism and feedback became more of a normal thing. And they were able to develop this muscle of, okay, here's where I could improve. And now I'm going to go back and work on that and incorporate that feedback and persist at making this better. Whereas if you never had to do that, you have this undeveloped muscle when it comes to taking, to incorporating feedback into your work and continuing to try without getting discouraged. And so many people who were like top students find themselves struggling with this when they have to make the adjustment to the work world because work is completely different. At work, it doesn't matter how good you are at your job, you're still going to be told do this a different way or work on doing this better. It's just part of the job and it happens to everyone, no matter how good they are at what they do. But if you're not used to it, it can feel very personal. And it sounds like that is part of what's happening here. Because my current job actually involves wider scopes, like they involve different industries and and also because the scope of the job is also a little bit more international because the clients that we have come from several other countries, so the standard is much higher. And that's what I, yeah, the, that's why I understand the, the criticism and the not good enough comes in and I, I need to keep working to improve my whatever I do. I think the thing to remember is 
the way that people get better and better at their jobs is by getting input. And some of that input will be critical. But when you imagine yourself 10 years in the future, you probably imagine yourself being advanced in your career and a lot better at it than you are now. And the way that you get from here to there is that you get a lot of feedback along the way. And so if you can look at it that way, feedback is actually a really good thing. It's it's what will help you get better in your career. And maybe if you can switch to seeing it through that lens, it might be easier to handle. I think the other thing to remember too is when going back to the issue of snapping at your boss or potentially at a client someday, you want to remember that you're being paid not just to do your job, but also to make it reasonably pleasant for the people around you, or at least to not make it less pleasant. That doesn't mean that you cannot raise legitimate complaints or concerns. It's really just about how you do it. You know, you want to do it calmly. You don't want to sound adversarial. You don't want to sound frustrated. And I think a lot of the time when people end up snapping or handling conflict in a way that isn't constructive, it's because they aren't exactly sure what the alternative would look like. If you don't have another model in your head for how to handle those situations, you're going to feel cornered and it's more likely that you'll snap and sound frustrated. So I wonder, do you feel like you have another model in your head for how those situations could have gone? Like when you look back at them, do you see different ways that you could have handled it? At the moment, not really. But if I were to like replay the thing over again, I would probably just not say anything for the next half an hour at least before I respond. I mean, I mean the job, I'll do it. But before voicing out any objections, maybe I'll sit down and count to a thousand or something because if I don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you feel like you're responding in the heat of the moment and that's what's making it more emotional than it otherwise would be, it's completely okay to say to your boss, but take a walk. Yeah, take a walk or go get a drink of water. And you can say to your boss, um, you know, I want to process this for a minute. Um, let me think about this. And then I'm going to come right back to you in 20 minutes or whatever it is. It's very okay to ask to do that. Um, it's also okay to just in the moment to say, okay, and and then go off and think about it. And if you decide, ooh, I really have to go back and talk to her about this. You can still go back. The door has not closed on your ability to do that. I think some of this too is remembering the power dynamics that are in play. I feel ridiculous saying this. I hate recommending that people lean more into power dynamics because I think they often cause a lot of problems and most people would benefit from being less concerned with power dynamics. But in your case, it's not a bad idea to just make sure that you're really clear in your head about the distribution of power in the situation, meaning your boss is paying you to be there. She's the one who evaluates your performance and decides what kind of raise you might get. She controls a lot of things about your day-to-day -day quality of life at work. So you want that relationship to be a good one, and you want your boss to find it easy to work with you. And I want to be really clear, being aware of the power dynamics does not mean that you give up all your power or that you need to stay in a situation that makes you miserable or that you need to tolerate abuse or anything like that. You have your own power too, but it plays out differently. You have the power to raise concerns and speak up about all sorts of things. You just need to do it in a professional, 
calm way. And you have the power to decide that you're not interested in working under the conditions being offered to you. So I don't want to imply that the power dynamics mean that you just have to take whatever is doled out because you don't. But I do think that being more aware of where your role is in the overall structure of your employer can help make it more intuitive that snapping at your boss isn't going to get you the outcome that you want from that interaction and from your career in general. Does that make sense? Yeah. Plus, we're kind of in a culture where it's even more important because, I mean, my boss is not, is not I wouldn't say she's she's very traditional or conservative. She, in fact, she she's quite she's relatively open compared to the other bosses that I've worked with previously. They were more concerned about saving face and things like that. But even so, that dynamic still plays here, as in, I sometimes forget because we, we get along well when we're normal. I tend to forget that she's actually my boss. I mean, I know she's my boss, like at the back of my head, but because we talk openly, so I don't, I don't remember that this is my boss and there's a certain distance or a certain protocol that I need to keep in mind when I talk to her or when I discuss work. Yeah. Let's take a break here and then we'll come right back. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. Yeah, I think that when you have a relationship with your boss that is often very comfortable and pretty informal and where you do get along well most of the time, it can be easy to forget that there are still some boundaries in place. And I think the times that it is most important to remember those are times when you're feeling some conflict or some tension. And so you might just have in the back of your head as a flag to yourself when you don't like something she's doing or when you're feeling resistant to something, that that is a moment to just be aware of the, of the boundaries. 
There's something else I'm wondering about as we're talking. I know that you had mentioned um, in your letter to me originally that therapy is not really an option for you right now, but I wanted to note for the record that this is the kind of thing that therapy can be really helpful with. And I'm not talking about just the occasional conflict with your boss. I'm talking here about the broader pattern that you've said that you've noticed is at play. Sometimes that is stemming from a much more deeply rooted place. Like if you grew up in a family where you didn't see conflict modeled in a healthy way or that made you feel powerless to advocate for yourself, sometimes that can leave people really unsure about how to have how to handle conflict professionally and productively as an adult. And I know you said you're in a part of the world where therapy isn't cheap and isn't covered by insurance and it's not something that you can afford right now, but I want to mention it for something as something for you to have in your head in case it does become more accessible to you at some point and also for people listening who might be able to identify with part of what you're talking about. But even if you can't do formal therapy right now, it might help to think through those sorts of issues about where this might be coming from and how conflict played out in your family and what lessons you might have learned as a kid that are contributing to it now. It helps to have a therapist to do that with, but it's also work that you can do on your own. Yeah, it'd be it'd be awesome if there, there were more options here. It's more of if I do decide to like fork out that amount of money for it, then people will ask me, oh, why are you doing this? It's not like you have uh, like a legit problem that you need to solve. You know, this is just something that you suck it up and deal it with. Well, I think if it's hard to suck it up, <laughs> then that is a, a reason to get help with it. But again, you don't, it helps to have a therapist, but you don't have to have a therapist to work on it. I mean, you can do a lot of that work on your own, just thinking, okay, here's a behavior in my life that I don't think is helpful to me, but it's not as easy as me just flipping a switch and stopping it. So let me think about where that might come from. Like, was there a time in my life when this behavior was helpful? And maybe that's when I learned it. Or, you know, like sort of digging into where it might've come from. That's stuff you can do on your own. So if, if therapy isn't an option, don't let that make you feel like you still can't dig into that stuff because you can yeah, I mean, I don't want to take it as an excuse either. I mean, if I could work it out now, it, it, that would be great, actually. Uh, well, I I am very pro-therapy and I'm very pro doing it on your own if you're motivated to do it. A lot of good can come from that. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. I hope this was helpful. Yeah, it was. Thanks for listening to the Ask a Manager podcast. If you'd like to come on the show to talk through your own question, email it to podcast at askamanager.org, or you can leave a recording of your question by calling 855-426-WORK. That's 855-426-9675. You can get more Ask a Manager at askamanager.org or in my book, Ask a Manager, How to Navigate Clueless Colleagues, Lunch-Stealing Bosses, and the Rest of Your Life at Work. The Ask a Manager show is a partnership with How Stuff Works and is produced by Paul Deccan. If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Play. I'm Allison Green, and I'll be back next week with another one of your questions. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits 
LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.